0: Welcome to the Enterprise Excellence Podcast, where our purpose is to help create a better future. Learn from our world's experts how to improve your organisation sustainably. Learn how to achieve and sustain an excellence journey for yourself,
1: others, and the planet. I'm your host, Brad Jevons, coming to you from Brisbane, Australia. Welcome to episode 24 of the Enterprise Excellence Podcast. I'm so pleased to have on the show today, Sue Holtz. Sue is the Principal Analyst and Director of Research by Design. Sue is a specialist in customer research, both qualitative and quantitative. Sue has 20 years experience helping organizations understand customers deeply, helping them to focus their strategic and continuous improvement efforts. Let's get into the episode. Sue, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Brad. Sue, do you mind sharing your backstory? Like what got you involved in customer research?
0: Well, dare I say, it was about 30 years ago. I was one of many. There, there was a, a cast of thousands, almost at Diners Club, and I was one of the marketing managers. Anyway, one of the uh, the people that were in charge of the uh, cardholders commissioned some research, and I was uh, attended the meeting where the research agency presented their findings, and it was almost like an epiphany. I'm sitting there thinking, "This is what. I, this is." always where I wanted to be. Marketing to me is the easy bit. It's the cherry on the top. It's the icing on the cake. Before you can get it right, and dare I say, a lot of people actually get it wrong, you really have to understand the customer. And it's that market research that is incredibly interesting. It's essential. It's valuable. It's interesting. It's all of those things. And so 30 years ago, the light bulb went on. And about the same time, we moved to Hong Kong. And I ended up doing uh, my master's in international business as part of that journey and then what wrote the very first Euro monitor report uh, for the snack food industry in Southeast Asia, went on to do quite a lot of research for companies looking to expand into Southeast Asia and it just snowballed from there. So really problem-solving, really interesting, dynamic business issues. Yeah, so that, oh, wow. that's yeah. basically it. Yep. I can
1: hear your passion for it. But what what was it, Sue, that has inspired you to keep working in the field for that, you know, 20, 30 years?
0: It's always different. It's almost like I'm uh, writing a new project every day so you don't get bored. So at the moment we've got three really exciting projects uh, on the desk and they're always a little bit different. I mean there's some fundamentals that are always the same. The methodologies are tried and proven. But the questions you ask, the outcomes that you find, the way you present the data, the impacts of those uh, that data is always different. So, and there's just so much to learn. It's it's incredible. It's never ending. There's always something new.
1: After twenty to thirty years of this, so your understanding of customer psychology would be amazing.
0: Uh, well, it never ceases to amaze me. Shall we say? <laughs> and,
1: nice.
0: And it's it's, a, it's 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 changed over time as well as you can well imagine. So. Keeping up with it is is no small feat. It's and it's interesting and dynamic in its own right.
1: Hmm. So why why is it important? Why is it so important for an organisation to understand their customers who they currently have and who they could have so deeply?
0: Because it's easy to get it wrong. I mean, people sitting behind the desk going, "Yes, I really get my customers." Isn't that fantastic? And I know what they want. But they have they see that through rose tinted glasses, and they really do have. Uh, think myopic's probably a bit strong view but they really do have not the broad brush view that they need to understand what's really going on with their customers and understanding those touch points and what's important is really really essential to getting it right and the guts of it is it's easy to get it wrong it's actually hard to get it right and getting those customer insights and having those conversations uh, will give you that information so that that's really the essence of it
1: Wow. So, it's really without it, you're sort of heading in the dark or you could have assumptions that are not actually correct.
0: Well, I think just as, by way of an example, and this is going back many years ago, um, uh, well, two examples actually shows my age, but I was working with, with Westpac and this is going back several decades, and I was working at the Manly branch and they rolled in the tech team and said, oh, you're the trial branch for ATM tellers and this is where we'll trial it. And the inference was, oh, look, we think we have to trial it and we really need to, but we're pretty sure it's not going to work. So <laughs> I think that wow. captures beautifully the importance of some customer research. I think there are now three tellers at the Manly the Manly Westpac branch, but you know, really, really spending the time to get it right is is an understanding. ANZ, another big corporate example, went, "Oh, we're shutting all our, our regional branches; it's that they're, they're no longer profitable for us." get Shut down a significant number of their branches and figured out that that was actually not appropriate, and have had to go back and reopen quite wow, a number. So,
1: so without mm. good customer research, you can blow a lot of money. Or miss a lot, a lot of innovation and improvement opportunity.
0: Absolutely, and the flip side of that is too that you can come up with the world's greatest idea and go, yes, we're rolling out to market. If you don't do that research, and, and it, you're thinking you've got the world's greatest idea, uh, and they're going, no, actually we don't like it, or there's five others out on the market that's already there, or whatever it is. Uh, so it works either way. Works both ways.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. great. Hey, Sue, over your career and all the learnings, what have been the key points that you've taken away in relation to doing customer research well?
0: You know, it's all about asking intelligent questions. So many surveys I see are just endless asking, asking poorly structured questions many different ways and asking needless questions. And the upshot of that is now what we're facing is survey fatigue or research fatigue because it has been done so poorly. At the end of the day, short, sharp, intelligent questions, deep and meaningful insights, but then it's about joining the dots. It's about linking one pot of information to another pot of information. It's not about these endless surveys because that's what we've got to do. It's about being clever, intelligent questions.
1: Okay, so it comes all back to the, the, the questions you ask and being short and sharp, but allowing you then to connect the dots and find the insights within them. Is that correct?
0: Correct. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, and I've seen, I've seen a survey and some work that you've done, Sue, and I really see the way that you connect the dots and the way you lay it out to create knowledge out of that information, too. It's very impressive.
0: Mm, thank you. Thank you. And, that, and I think, too, and that comes back to a couple of things. I mean, the quality of the team that we work with is very important, under, you know, getting the instruments right, getting the methodology right. But one of, one of the things that it works in our favour, too, is the experience across many different industries. It's the experience across many different projects that you see information from you know even 10 years ago that is is in some way relevant to what you're doing it's incredible how that pot of knowledge across many dynamic sectors actually adds up to helping with that with that analysis with the depth of analysis yeah
1: so with with customer research are there any typical approaches that you're finding best practice now, whether that be some qualitative approaches or some quantitative approaches? Is there any insights and information you can provide there?
0: Yes. Um, it's You really need to match the, the methodology that you're using with your target group. So there's actually no clear-cut answer to that, and I think that's actually the essence of market research and getting it right. It's different for every project And, for instance, we have a tender, and I'm bound by commercial and confidence, of course, but we've got a tender out at the moment which is a number of different methodologies that speak specifically to one part, which is uh, form design and online completion, and then another part of that is intercept interviews, Uh, so speaking to people uh, face-to-face and asking them questions uh, while they're actually in the field. And then we've got another project at the moment. A component of that is uh, focus groups. Focus groups, uh, dare I say, it, are done to death. They really are more of a brainstorming function, and they should be utilised more in that way. And can be very, very important process in helping you design a an online survey, which is in fact how that how that's being structured so it's really there's no single answer no no easy answer to that it's understanding the project it's understanding what information you need and how much of that information you need and so uh it's really sitting down at the front end with an intercept uh, uh, an inception meeting and brainstorming the best approach and it's i find we've finding these days, unfortunately, online surveys are getting more tricky and that's non-line, That's a survey fatigue um, issue, uh, which, which is just because they've, they've been done poorly for so long. Uh, but, the, uh, but generally people love to have a phone conversation. We find telephone interviews very effective, focus groups in the right setting very effective. And yes, mass online surveys were appropriate, That they also work as well, but down to the quality of the design.
1: It sounds like to me, Sue, that some of the traditional approaches are coming back, you know, where everything swung to quantitative online, but it sounds from what you're saying that some of the qualitative person to person style approaches are coming back and becoming stronger again.
0: Yes, and I think there's a couple of things for that. The uh, qualitative is the insights. That's where quantitative is, and I always use the, just going back to step, always use the example of, you know, give, giving a blood sample. It gives you, you know, the state of health or the state of the nation at the point you, you do that survey. So it's very much a quant. It's, it's how it is at that moment when it's done, whereas the qualitative gives you the breadth of what it has been, what it is and what it could be. So you can use that as a problem-solving function as well. But it gives you the outliers that just no one thinks about that you can delve into more deeply. And so that qualitative approach is really important. We use it where we can as, uh, to assist us to do some qualitative work if we're needing to go to a quant to verify results in, in a statistical uh, in, uh, way. So, you know, you've got to verify it uh, by numbers. Um, but using a qualitative approach to design that survey works especially well. So when we're not just asking questions that we think are the right questions to ask. We are actually making sure we are asking the right questions as per the information gleaned from the qualitative. Or, uh, wow.
1: So the qualitative more often than not can inform some quantitative work you do to confirm findings or to get the absolutely. current study.
0: Mm. And to, in, in the, the SMEs in particular, you don't need to go to Quant. You just don't need that that verifiable. Um, you, you don't need to verify your data in a statistical way. But what they they don't realise, and and it's actually part of our mission, would you believe, is to convince the SMEs the importance of and research and how easy it is. Is you don't need big numbers in your qualitative research. Yeah, wow. you just don't need you know thirty and forty interviews. You can actually do twelve to fifteen, and yes. that will give you incredible amount of important information on which you can base good quality decisions
1: wow so the right questions to the right qualitative face-to-face telephone type of path can give you the insights you need from a small group
0: totally absolutely and we've actually got a white paper to that effect when enough is enough because we are regularly challenged on on sample size cohorts and it's oh it's encouraging the client to understand that you know 10 to 12 interviews is is okay and anything you know even if we go up to 15 but if i'm interviewing anything after 15 20 the, result, the results don't materially change they have no impact on the on the outcomes of the research that we're actually analyzing it makes no difference it wow, makes no difference
1: that's insightful so mm. what what stops organizations taking the time to actually do market research and understand their customers more deeply
0: is a very good question, and we are still working on that. There's a couple of things. I think they don't realize just how easy it is, and but that goes to the heart of someone that, that loves it and and really enjoys it. Uh, but it goes to, I think it goes to the heart. Of they just don't know, uh, and it's it's one of those. Um, processes that once you understand you just go yeah why, why haven't we done that's fine we in fact have um, a publication on our website which is just steady, setting out the 10 easy steps this is what you need to do but to me it's just we don't we don't know what we don't know and so that's really about letting as many people know about uh, market research is doable your cohort sizes are not huge we can set you up so you can do it yourself. If you're a little bit uncomfortable about that, then, you know, by all means, get a, a consultancy to do it for you. But it's, it's easy and, and they hesitate because they just don't know.
1: So the thing that really baffles me, so is you can imagine the wasted energy you've got if you're tearing off down a path that's completely wrong or the potential oh. risk to your company if you're making assumptions. And then like you've explained to us today, to get a deep understanding and insights, it's not difficult. It doesn't take a lot of time. It's quite easy.
0: Can I give you one quick example? And this is done many years ago. We get about one or two um, projects a year where the information is very clear. Do not proceed. We get one, yeah, about one or two a year. We had one a few years ago where a, a US company decided that they want a distributor in Australia to distribute this very particular technology. It was actually a uh, water. Water processing facility, wastewater processing facility. So um, there was a company that bought the distribution rights in Australia and they went, wow, great, we've spent a lot of money buying the distribution rights. Let's go out and, and we do demand analysis. So they've requested us to do a demand analysis and the water filtration facilities that they'd purchased process the water, and we had a chemical engineer do some of the work with us, and this is another thing, you need technical expertise at times to make sure you, you've got, you're asking the right questions. Uh, it turned out that the water filtration facility was manif- processing water at six times the level that was required by the EPA, and I think the cost of that was something like 30 times what was currently available. So the demand analysis was zero. There was no company in Australia that would buy, and it was a retrofit, that would buy these facilities. So someone's gone off and bought, wow, this is great. Zero market research, zero. And we've gone back. There is is no demand. And, you know, someone spent a lot of money. And we had another one fairly recently, a commercial company looking to go into residential um, particular market research was a hundred percent do not proceed what did they do didn't like our outcome our research findings went out tried failed wow so listen yeah Yeah, if no is a good outcome yeah people don't like to hear it but there
1: you go so the key is you've you've got to have the awareness to take the time to do the market research first or as or as part of what you just do as part of business
0: yes and it, it should be just part of your normal business function uh it's ask intelligent questions. That's what it gets down to.
1: That's great. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to someone just looking to get into doing more customer research and trying to understand their customers more deeply?
0: It's, it's really about thinking very deeply around what issues you need information on. And market research is really around problem solving and, and that's what problem are you wanting to solve? Uh, and there's many problems in, in businesses, as you're aware. So think very deeply about what problem you're wanting to solve. Think about what questions relate specifically to that problem. Write out your wish list, halve it, and then structure those questions intelligently. Don't think, oh, we want to solve the world and we've got all these issues that we want to go through and wouldn't it be nice to know? Uh, because you know, customers pick up pretty quickly that, you know, you're wasting their time. So I think very deeply about what problem you're wanting to solve and keep them short and sharp. You should yeah, be nice. able to nail it in less than five questions if you think about it.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. Mm. And so what what have you learned recently through your role and what you're doing that you didn't know before? What's been a recent insight for you?
0: Uh, gee, that's that's a that's a curly one. Just trying to think what's um Gee. Just trying to think of the jobs on my desk. I I think I think just generally, but more more recently too, is just how profound the implications of market research and how far reaching they are. And we've just uh, all the work we do is commercial and confidence, so unfortunately I can't give too much detail away but we've just had recently had a a project that we handed over that had profound implications on the business development of that business business growth strategies and how they would do that and it it it, it, it's always interesting to see how that works but i think as we become more mature as a business because our, our experience is so deep and and uh so broad that We've had, in fact, two quite recently, that the the insights that we presented were then presented to board level, which we often work at at board level, and had profound, significant changes within that organisation. And in fact, I've got a framed letter on my, on my um, sideboard here, just saying what they did. It was ex- exceptional. So people listen. Yeah, more recently they listen, and
1: good. and.
0: And make the changes. Yeah.
1: Well, so even after you know twenty to thirty years of this work, you're still finding those major moments with customers and major changing outcomes.
0: Yeah, it's, it's thrilling. It's it's thrilling. And one of the places that that I I find um, really uh, satisfying is is very much in that not for profit space. But I, our business uh, has a charter where we're, where we contribute in some way to do pro bono work every year. Um, but we do work quite a lot in that pro bono space as well, and especially in the NDIs, you can see just how much work uh, needs to be done, and also in aged care, we've done quite a lot of work in aged care, and you can see uh, the importance of the research that goes back into the decision processes, yeah.
1: Well, that's and the major, changes
0: they're making. They're yeah, major major yeah. major decisions, yes. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well, for this, you know, so I really appreciate. All you're doing to help create a better future in that regard like that's the whole purpose of this podcast and seeing what you're giving back to that that space of care is amazing so how can people reach out to you if they want to get in touch with you or learn more or get get hold of some of those white papers that you've published
0: oh www.researchbydesign.com.au my phone number's actually on there and i have to say i'm happy to have a chat to anyone about research and quite often i'll have a conversation giving the tips over the phone And off they go so just even if at the very least we make we help someone to feel comfortable in having a go themselves that's absolutely fine and and happy to give a few tips and and often do often do
1: well Sue, Mm. thank you so much i really appreciate your time and sharing your knowledge today
0: oh pleasure thank you
1: the key takeaway from this episode was the power of capturing your customer's voice and how simple this is Customers of an organisation will ultimately determine the success or failure of the venture. Taking the small amount of time it takes to define who your customers are, form up a few open questions, and interview several of them seems time well spent. I've always found the insights organisations gain from this approach to be excellent, in some cases transformative. We spend a lot of time and effort every day overcoming challenges and trying to move our organisations forward. If this effort can be targeted based on our customer's voice, we can achieve a lot more with a lot less effort. Thank you for your time and knowledge, Sue. We really appreciate it. Bye for now.